In this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, me and my brother James are going to discuss the season debut of three super sophomores. In your opinion, who is the best sophomore in this class? Is it Riley Kugel? Is it Donovan Klingen? Or is it Tyrese Proctor? I have all three in my top 10, but this episode is all about James's opinion and what he thinks of the three super sophomores and where he expects them to be in the 2024 NBA Draft. Stay tuned. Big, big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board. Got my brother James with me. Again, he's officially part of the Locked On NBA Big Board team. And you're going to hear a lot from us. You're going to hear a lot of different takes. I mean, we're probably going to d- disagree on a lot of stuff. We're going to agree. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to this 2024 draft cycle. I'm looking forward to this college basketball season, which is now underway. But before we get into the, the episode, I want to let you know this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. It is the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. But you got to use all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. All right. I want to talk about, we'll start off with Riley Kugel. Yeah. I like Riley. <clears throat> yeah. I thought if he would have entered the 2023 NBA draft, if it were up to me, he would have been worth a first round pick. I love the way he finished the season last year. I like his athleticism. He can shoot. I think the upside is there. I mean, it was a little wild, and um, but I just feel like that can be toned down. I think that he has the tools to like be a three-level scorer, and I just felt like with his athleticism and tools, he just kind of was kind of a little too wild and, and not an efficient finisher around the rim, but. In my early big board, I have him as a lottery pick. So I wanted We're to get... lottery. Man, I did my big board back in like August. I, I got him number 11. And the reason mm-hmm. I have him at 11 is, I just like I said, I thought he finished the season strong. He averaged 17 points a game in his last 10 games. You know, Florida guys don't leave early. Do you know who the last one and done from Florida was? Bradley Bill. Man, you're cheating. I'm not cheating, man. I'm smart. 2012 but no I like Kugel shot 38% from from three last year and really didn't get the keys until Colin Castleton went down but what are your thoughts on on Kugel where do you have him and like what range for your way too early for my way too early I see him in the 13 to 18 kind of range tripping he is gonna be I mean well this is I'll let you express your opinion I think let me finish bro look anything outside the lottery is too low see but I get it and but he is okay so let's talk about the positives all right super athlete right creativity off the bounce right uh i'm buying him as a jump shooter okay but he's just not a playmaker at all yeah so it's like a negative assist to turnover ratio and again that's not it's a knock on him but i feel like some of the guards ahead of him some of the freshmen they're already playmakers right and they're going to get opportunities to make plays so it's like riley kugel that type of player that 
score. Yes, three level score. But I want to see him make. I hate that term, make guys better. But I want to see him make plays for himself and others. What if he's a bigger Malik Monk? Malik Monk is great in pick and roll. Malik Monk can pass. Now, at the but same age, at the same that's age. a fair question. Maybe he is a better, a bigger Malik Monk. And I might have had, no, I thought I had Malik Monk visions in my head when I was watching him play. Um, but, like, just come. Yeah, he didn't think about no Malik Monk. Come until on, I man. Get out Swagger jacket. Not at all. So, anyway, um, my concerns with him prior to uh, last night, a.k.a. the first game of the season, it was a lot of last year when he went on his hot spell, it was a lot of stationary into a jump shot. But it looks like this year he's very intentional on getting to the basket. And that's what I want to see. So, if he's not going to, I mean, let's say not because he's only 20, but like if the playmaking is the last thing that he adds to his game, he's getting to the foul line. And he's using his athleticism for more than just pull-up jumpers. And that was my biggest issue with him last year. He didn't get to the line because he is an athlete, but I want to see him not just wiggle, wiggle, bounce, bounce into a pull-up jumper like, yo, man, you got crazy bounce, you slithery, like go, go to the basket get to the foul line so again now in the way too early like i can and i don't have this in my notes i'm not i'm not copying you the last dude i want to copy but <clears throat> i should be the first dude you want to nah man anyway he is somebody that i can see playing up and his playing up meaning that his draft stock where i have him now i would not be surprised if he's a top 10 pick come uh draft time in june yeah i have him as 11 um and obviously it's fluid my concern for him this year was becoming a better decision maker just being a better finisher at the rim only shot 48 percent at the rim last year and um 48 on layups i should say and then there were times where he was going for the highlight reel finishes and he missed five dunks <laughs> but he had 48 turnovers and 33 assists and um i, I do think Becoming a better playmaker and passer would definitely help his draft stock. What That's did, all I'm saying. What, what did you think about his his sophomore debut? I know he had a big game. What did you think about? Yeah, so like I said, man, he was trying to get to the rim. He wasn't settling for the pull up jumper. And again, I, I love mid range jumpers, but sometimes he settles for them. And it looked like in that first game again, you know, who they played Longwood. No disrespect to Longwood. But he was trying to get to the rim. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he was intentional. Was like, I'm getting to the basket. I'm the most athletic dude on the court. I'm the baddest dude on the court. I'm trying to improve my draft stock. I'm going to the rim. And he caught the ball in the mid post, too. And again, you know, I'm a big fan of the mid post. I'm a Bonzi Wells advocate. So, Speaking anytime. Of Bonzi, hold on, I got to tell you something. This is. Bonzi Wells. Ah, man, he, he told me something, but I don't want to get aggregated and then it just blows up. But Bonzi Wells told me that <laughs> I won't say who he said he was. He mentioned that there is a player in the NBA. He was like, I was this guy before this guy. But Bonzi told what me. What did he say? <laughs> I'll tell you offline. <laughs> I don't want. I don't, Are I don't you want afraid to, of these people, man? No, man. I don't want to be famous for the wrong reason. Bonzi said it, not and you. And then it blows up, and then, you know, people deny it, and then it look like I'm lying. Or, you know, <laughs> Bonzi be like, he probably wouldn't even remember me. But like, I ain't never seen this dude in my life. But anyway, he told me that he was a point guard. Bonzi was? He told me he was a point guard. 
And they wouldn't let him play point in the NBA. That's what I was hey, thinking. Real quick though, I was uh, my algorithms was algorithming on YouTube, and there was an old video of him and Rasheed talking about the coaches that they hate. Did you watch that? No, dude, I was cracking up. Was it Mo Cheeks? No, he hated Mike Fratello. Yo, you gotta watch it, dude. It's funny. Is that in Detroit, Memphis. Okay, because he took over for Huey Brown. Yo, it's hilarious. I said to you, we did not. So, yeah, you said he scored a mid-post? Yes. And I, that's the kind of stuff that I want to see. Like, don't just settle for the contested jumper. Like, there's a time and a place for the mid-range jumpers, right? And again, I'm not I'm not the anti – or I'm not uh, the, the analytics dude that tells – like, if you have that and that's what you work on and you have efficiency uh, and those are the shots you can get, like, take them. But if you can get to the basket, by all means, get to the basket. And I just felt like last year – he kind of settled, and it looks like this year he's like, I'm not settling. He looks like he's trying to get to the rack this year. And like I said, he's somebody that I can absolutely see with the green arrow by his name. All right, I know you kind of touched on it a little bit, but what would you say is the area that you want to see the most improvement from him? Is it the passing or is it attacking the rim? Okay, so you had to pick one. I think the passing. You may not get that in college basketball right away, but I want to see him attack the rim in particular in transition a lot better. Like he's too athletic to not be finishing in transition like he should have been. Is he settling for too many threes in your opinion? It's just bad angles. It's bad angles. It's not making the right move. Um, It's not Euro step when you need the Euro step. It's not, it's, it's, it's just something missing. But again, in that first game, he's added some stuff to it. It's not just full full speed, excuse me, ball in a china shop. Like, he's stepping around, guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I like him. Like I said, I would have taken him in the first round in last year's draft. And I think that, you know, the, the situation is better for him this year. I mean, they have more talent around him. And he's... I just think that once he adds a little bit more to his game, it kind of slows down, adds a little bit more pace. I, I think he's going to be special. So I have him a lock as a lottery pick. Do you think he could have a Victor Oladipo type leap? Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, Oladipo went number two. In an open I think, draft. But I think the flashes of Oladipo being a point guard is what catapulted him that high. That's fair. They were trying him at the point early in his career. So, I mean, I think that would be the difference. And I don't think Kugo is going to have the opportunity with the ball handlers that they brought in to, to play the point. All right, when we return, we're going to talk about another super sophomore that had a strong debut, and it is Donovan Klingon. Now, I have Donovan Klingon at number seven on my way to early big board, so I want to get James's thoughts on Donovan Klingon. He's actually been kind of divisive on Twitter. I've mentioned I'm high on him and there's a couple of people that are just, I just, they don't, they think centers are like running back. So they're just totally against taking a traditional center in the lottery. But I'm going to get James's opinion. I'm going to chime in from time to time. I want to talk to you about Jace Medical because Jace provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. Now, with everything going on in the world right now, whether it's, you know, it's, it's fires, whether it's earthquakes, 
just there's so much going on in the world. I mean, there's conflict in, in different parts of the world and all of that can possibly lead to supply chain shortages. Or, and that's why I think it's very important for you, the listener, just anybody to have a Jace case because with the Jace case, like I said, it's five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. And all it takes to get a Jace case is you just have to fill out a simple online form. And in some cases you can jump on a quick call with a board certified physician. You're not just talking to some random person. So it is a board certified physician and you can get ongoing care from physicians and on any treatment related questions, doctor created, doctor recommended. So do not be caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. If you or anyone you know or someone that you love wants some peace of mind and you want to have a year supply of medication, go to jacemedical.com and to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. That is Jace Medical, J-A-S-E. That's jacemedical.com. All right, Donovan Klingen. I like Donovan Klingen. He is another guy that I would have taken in the 2023 NBA draft. I mean, I, I thought the flashes that he showed were enough. I mean, the dude is big. Like, they got him listed at like 7'2", but sometimes he even looks bigger than that. I mean, he's 7'2", he's strong, and he moves very well for a guy of that size. I mean, it was just a dominant interior defender. I mean, ch check out these numbers. Go ahead, hit me, man. These numbers are crazy. All right, on one hand, the numbers, 6.9 points, 5.6 rebounds, and 1.8 blocks per game. They're not going to really wow you until I tell you he did that in 13 minutes. 13 minutes per game. Now, I am not a per 100 possessions guy. This is going to be the first and the last time <laughs> that you ever hear me use per 100, I'm not even a per 40 guy. No, nah, you don't do per I mean, 40 you, stuff. Yeah, but you know, if you were able to play 40 minutes, then you would play 40 minutes. Or per 36, I'm not using those numbers because that can make a guy look really, really good. So this is rare that I'm going to use these stats. But per 100 possessions, Donovan Klingon averaged 30.8 points, 25.1 rebounds, and 8.0 blocks. He's the man he spit his watch. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we ain't seen those numbers since Wilt. And Wilt was playing against 6'5". That's exactly why you don't use per 100. Right. But check this out. Donovan Klingon's senior year in high school, he averaged 30 points, 18 rebounds, and 6 blocks per game. So... I mean, he's put up those video game numbers before, and I'm not expecting <laughs> him to put up anything close to that. But let's say those numbers that he averaged in high school, 30, 18, and 6. Let's say you cut them in half, and he plays 30 minutes per game for UConn. That's still 15, 9, and 3. I think that alone could get him in, in the lottery. So what are your thoughts on Donovan Klingon? And I'm going to give you his measurements. I forgot that. 7-2-265-7-7 wingspan and it's just the epitome of a rim protector. Like he changes the course of a team's offense because once you see him in the paint, you're not going to challenge him. Okay, so you oh, brought up uh -oh. you so brought that, up the James might not be feeling clinging like by the tone. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Yo, you brought up per 100. But did you mention the 5.5 fouls per 100 possessions? No. So, because this is a, I was, it was a positive Donovan Klingon. Can he play those heavy minutes without hacking? That's one question that I have for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, so, and is this Donovan Klingon love? Is this revision for the Walker Kessler love that he didn't get? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is teams are going to try not to make that mistake again. I, I think that, you know, like there's back in, I want to say back in the day, just as early as a couple of years ago, teams did not want non or they didn't want traditional bigs that didn't necessarily space the floor. I think James Wiseman might have scared some, some people <laughs> off. James Wiseman's pretty bad, man. He can't catch, man. He's a terrible screener, and that's bad. Like his motor and all yeah, that. He went number good. two, so I mean, like. But, okay, so here's my concerns with Klingon, right? So if you sit here and say, "Well, I don't want to make the same mistake that we made with Walker Kessler," he's not the athlete that Walker Kessler. You don't is. think so? No, I really don't. I think he, he doesn't runs have, the floor. I no, think no. he moves extremely. So okay, well. just well, hear me out though. Let me let me um, clean that up then. Running the, running the floor, okay. But nah, Kessler's still faster, okay. Um, uh, lateral quickness, I feel like Kessler is better there. And uh, that pop in traffic, I don't see that from Klingon. And I think he finishes soft at times at 7-2. So because he doesn't have that kind of pop and he's not as springy, I don't feel like I feel like defending in space is going to be obviously going to be issue seven too, but like I don't know if he's athletic enough for me to take him that high. I, I think he is. I mean, even I mean, I forgot who they played. He only played twelve or fifteen minutes. Wasn't in foul trouble, no fouls, but he had twelve points, eight rebounds, and three blocks. He did miss four shots, which is crazy. He shot, I, he shot a jumper. He shot a, I saw him shoot a three-pointer. Last year, he shot 65% from the floor. See, and again, I'm not in like, I just don't. Okay, Walker is a better athlete. And, and okay, not to make this a complexion comparison, but let's look at the last rim-running bigs taken. So he, he's not the athlete that Walker Kessler. I always want to call him Walker Kessler Edwards. Oh, I, I get it. I'm going to call him WKE just because mm-hmm. whatever. He's not the athlete WKE is. And he's definitely not the athlete that Mark Williams is. You feel me? So it's like those guys, the rim runners, athlete, shot blocker, whatever, he's just not that athletic and for me to take him in the lottery, especially with him not being somebody that we can dump the ball to. I don't care about not stretching the floor, even though he has great form. And maybe that's something that he um, should that's, add. That's, 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 it's fake. I mean, he shot 51% <laughs> from the free throw line last hey, year. Hey, man, look. Partners are um, having tricky people. I mean, even this year, like the first game, what, he got nine free throw attempts the first game? What did he shoot? Four for nine. Oh, he got that Ben Wallace. 
Never mind. But anyway, I, I just, I've heard people say that, oh man, he can shoot. This is going to be the year that he's going to show. But I just, I'm, I'm not. Look, Donovan Klingon, I got you at number seven. You do not need to show teams that you can space the floor. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying. I wish he was more athletic because, again, in traffic, yes, he'll dunk. But, like, I see him getting his shot blocked by smaller guards, and he's not somebody that we can just, look, okay, no, you're not a great athlete. Let me feed you on the block, and you're going to be great. So it's like I think seven is a stretch. First-round pick, absolutely. Top 15, I'd probably buy it. But, like, seven, no. I want to see if – Aaron Bradshaw, Aaron Bradshaw, if Aaron Bradshaw is healthy, right, he does everything you wish Klingon did, but he's probably like 40 pounds, you know. I don't even lighter. know if it's 40. They got him listed as 280 this year. Klingon was it's 280. Is 280 functional? I don't know. I mean, you know, it's functional for Steven Adams, but how many, you know, I don't know. But I just, I just feel like the upside with him not being – as athletic as Aaron Bradshaw would make me put Bradshaw over him if I'm slotting another big in the top 10. If you're the Washington Wizards, you need... You need whoever you can get if you're the Wizards, you man. Because, yo, dang, yo, yo, speaking... Yo, Gafford is always on the wrong end of a highlight. So let me ask you a question. We talk about the Wizards, all right? Let's say somehow the Wizards fall out and they fall to seventh, right? Bradshaw's on the board. Klingon's on the board. Who you taking? Mm, it just depends on what I see from Bradshaw. I mean, I think some teams are going to be scared off for a big with a foot injury. True. I think he could end up having a a season where, depending on when he comes back, I was told from a very, very reliable source okay. that he may come back early December. I was also told that he could have played this year without the foot surgery, but he was going to get red flagged at the combine. So they just figured... Get it out the way now. Okay. Make sure he's healthy, so that way it's not a surprise at the combine. Then all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, he has a foot issue. You know, whatever. So it just depends on what what Bradshaw shows. I think with Klingon, you know, you're gonna get, you know, you're going to get rebounding, shot blocking. You're going to get an interior presence. I respect it. I think with Bradshaw. You're hoping. I think Bradshaw has a higher upside, a higher upside, higher ceiling, and you're hoping that the shot pans out. You're hoping that he puts on weight and so on. I mean, you're actually hoping he gets touches at Kentucky. <laughs> wow. That's fair. I think with, with Klingon, you, you know what you're going to get. All right, when we return, I guess we didn't even solve our, our Donovan Klingon issue. James, what, what, what do you have? I'm warm on him. What do you have? I'm warm. Lottery Again, pick? 15. 15? 15. So you, you, you agree with... There's somebody that every time I mention Donovan Klingon, they just... In any big, they just attack my mentions. And they like literally have whole conversations. I don't even respond. But I think... Like imagine... And I can't think of a situation where it, a perfect fit. But I do think like Derek Lively was in the perfect fit with yeah. Dallas. I mean, I would love to see Klingon on certain teams, but they won't be picking high enough to draft him. I would love to see Klingon in Golden State. I would absolutely love that. But 
I mean, it's unlikely to happen unless he falls to where, to where you have him. All right. When we return, we're going to talk about Tyrese Proctor. Tyrese Proctor is one of my favorite players in this in this draft class. I mean, I love the shot making. So I'm going to get James's thoughts on Tyrese Proctor. Stay tuned. All right, before we get into the remaining prospects, we got to talk about prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do is pick two to six players and you're just going against the numbers. You're just picking against the projected numbers. So for example, you can select whether or not Steph Curry will score more than 29 points or if Nikola Jokic will grab more than 10 rebounds or you can predict if Anthony Davis will get more than two blocks or will Dame Lillard make more than four threes in a game and PrizePix offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Now that is new. So for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So all you have to do is download the app, go to prizepix.com. You have to use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA and must be lowercase L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A and you can get a first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepix.com slash locked on NBA. All right, last segment, we talked about Riley Kugel. We talked about Donovan Klingon. Now we're going to talk about another super sophomore that I think is a lottery pick. Actually, I thought if I had Klingon, I want to say I had Klingon number seven. I actually have Klingon number six. Oh, you wow. And I have Tyrese Proctor at number seven on my way too early big board that I came out with in August. So what are your thoughts on Tyrese? Man, look, I'm not as high on him as the consensus of draft talk. Well, I mean, that's why I have Let you me on. Talk. Let me tell you why. Now, look, look, look. Let's not get it twisted. He can shoot. Right? Much better shooter than the numbers. He got off to an absolutely <laughs> terrible, terrible. Catch and start. shoot last year, he was 46%. But it, but unguarded like, catch and shoot. But, like, you know, his first 12 games, he shot 35%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, no, no, no. Awful, see, awful, so, okay. awful start. So, like, he can shoot. I'm buying him as a shooter. I'm buying that as a slump. Right? He shot the ball well when he played for... Uh, the NBA Academy? Yes. Or, or the national team? The national team. He shot the ball well. Like, the catch and shoot, the form looks good. And, he, yeah, he had a bad slump or he's streaky. But I'm buying that part of his game. I'm just not buying him as a lead ball handler because, well, let me, let me get the positives real quick. He does have shot-creating ability and creativity. He's got the homeless man's Jamal Murray scoring package where I'm going here, I shoot a turnaround jumper. Wrong foot. Wrong foot. One but leg jumper. Part of that, in my opinion, is because shifty, big guard. Hold on, man. I don't think his I don't think his handle is very strong. And I think his left hand is in particular very weak. And it's evident that his handle isn't strong in his free throw attempts. I just seen a guy make three hundred million dollars with a weak left hand. That dude is six <laughs> seven. Six seven with a forty inch vertical. Right? And guess what? I mean, hey man, look. Talking this, about Jalen Brown. This is not about bro. the money. And I, I like Jalen Brown. This is not about the money, right? True. But we what is see it about <laughs> three hundred million. It's not about the money. Look, he earned that money, right? But I'm saying, even with his weak left hand, we seen Gary Payton take his lunch, right? Gary Payton the third, not OG Gary Payton. 
right? We see Gary Payton take his lunch, and we saw Caleb Martin taking his lunch. So, you know, eventually, you know, it's only so for so long fake ball handlers can't pretend. I just don't believe in Tyrese Proctor as a primary ball handler. He looks like a secondary ball handler to me. Did, he you, can, did, you, did you know that Duke got better when they gave him the keys? I don't care about college basketball in that aspect. Like, it's Duke. Like, y'all supposed to be good, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about him as an individual. He, can he make plays? Yes. But is he a primary ball handler? And again, I'm not knocking the young man. I'm not saying he's not a top whatever pick. I just think that him handling the ball full time, because he plays with Roach, a co-point guard. And again, the NBA is about whatever, but as a full-time lead ball handler, it looks scary because I don't think his handle is strong enough. And because his handle is not strong enough, he doesn't get to the free throw line. Hey, in four, in that conference tournament, they played three games. He shot four total free throws. Mm -hmm. That's bad. His free throw rate is low. Two shots at the rim per game. I, I can't. When we got these young guns here, we got the Isaiah Collier who's going to put rim pressure. We got my man Stefan Castle, rim pressure, right? Uh, shoot, he he gets the chance. Elliot Cadeau, rim pressure. Tyrese Proctor is not putting rim pressure on the bigs. And to me, that's a red flag for somebody who's supposed to be a lead ball handler. Now, I... Not a primary, but a secondary. So I see the positive assist-to-turnover ratio, right? But I just want my lead ball handler, my top five pick, which you have at seven, my top seven pick, I want to see you get to the rim. How many free throws did he shoot against Dartmouth? Oh, no. He shot one free throw. I mean, as a did team, he get fouled? As a team, he only shot twelve. <laughs> That's bad, but he might have got fouled. She was a rock. We can check the tape. I just I want to see rim pressure. Now, if you tell me this year he's attacking the rim basket, he's getting to the foul line. That handle it looks loose, but you know what? If it's getting him to his spots, I buy him going that high. But I just I don't I want to see you get to the line. And again, complexion comparison, the Jamal Murray was he shot five free throws per game as a freshman at Kentucky. I'm not saying he's as good as Jamal Murray, but, like, if his – we're talking about big guard, jump shooting, big guard. But Jamal Murray was still shooting five free throws a game at Kentucky. And that's with Kentucky being stacked. I don't even remember who was on his team that it was year. Booker was on his team, right? I don't know. Those, those – I mean, the dude's only been in school one year, so – Maybe he's cool for three months. It's, it's easy for, for all the seasons to feel like they they overlap. I mean, it's fair that he doesn't he doesn't get to the foul line. Um, again, that was my knock on Halliburton. Like, we talked about Halliburton in the previous episode. Halliburton only got to the foul line like 26 times for an entire he played season. Like, you're talking about his freshman year or his sophomore year? His sophomore year, it was cut short. I mean, before an entire season, Tyrese Halliburton only got to the foul line 26 times. And that was my knock on him. And we talked about it in the Nikola Topic episode about the mistake on, on uh, Tyrese Halliburton. He shot two free throws per game his sophomore year. What about his career? His career? Tyrese? 
Tyrese Halliburton. His freshman year, he shot. He shot 71 free throws in 57 <laughs> games. Played 33 minutes a game as a freshman. That's a lot. Yeah. Okay. That's fair, but. I won this argument. Nah, you did <laughs> So you hold on. So you're saying Tyrese Proctor has Tyrese Halliburton passing ability? Is that what you're saying? Because I think he's a vet. Like coming into his freshman season, I thought the passing was going to be his greatest strength. One thing about Australian guards, they know how to move the rock. Only one that doesn't is, I mean, I guess Patty Mills. Patty don't pass. Um, Patty Iverson. And, and, and then um, Dante Exum wasn't a passer. But you look at like Australian playmakers, they have a tendency to develop these big playmakers that can make plays for others. Whether it's Ben Simmons, I mean, he's a great dribble handoff guy, but you know what I mean? Like he, <laughs> he can pass. I mean, Giddy is a phenomenal passer. Yeah. I mean, Proctor is, in my opinion, a really, really good passer. Now, I didn't like Duke's roster last year. I thought it was a situation where they're like, we're going to get all the best recruits that we can get. We're not even caring about how they fit. I mean, oh, so I, they did the Kentucky. I mean, I just feel like, I mean, those two schools are going after the biggest class every year, and they're shuffling guys in and out. I don't, I'm not even a big fan of their fit this year. I think they have too many guards, but last year I didn't like Lively and Filipowski and, and so on. So with that being said, I think Proctor is a big point guard. I think he's a good passer, and he is someone that can get his own shot at the end of the shot clock because he's so an orthodox and crafty like you don't know what he's going to do and, and like if there is a game that really sold me on proctor it was the tennessee game like he was the one that wasn't scared of the moment in the ncaa tournament okay so you're buying him as a point guard point guard point guard yes i'm buying him as a point guard Okay. Again, I like his scoring creativity, but I think a lot of those jumpers he takes is because he can't get to the rack. And as a point guard in 2023, 2024, I need it. I need you getting to the rack. You like D'Angelo Russell? <laughs> a, I, I kind of like D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo, yeah. Okay, so that'd be a good comparison. But he's probably he's quicker than D'Angelo Russell. But D'Angelo Russell pops up. D'Angelo Russell doesn't miss elbow jumpers, it seems like. Um, I get it. What's his free throw rate? D'Angelo Russell. Two, four when he's an all-star. For his career, 3.1 free throw attempts per game. Okay. 17.7 points, 5.7 assists per game. Okay. In that game against Tennessee, he got three free throw attempts. All right. Let's say, let's look at D'Angelo Russell. At Ohio State, his one year, he averaged 19, 6, and 5. He shot four and a half free throws a game. I feel like he had, I mean, obviously to, to average 19 points a game, he man. had the keys and to play 34. What am I telling you about these point guards? Yo, man, go where they need you. Yeah. I, I go think, to a football school, bro. I think that if, if Proctor wasn't at Duke and he wasn't playing with, it's probably like, Dang, I mean, even on the roster right now, how many four or five stars? Pretty much the whole team. Bruh. I think he could get to the foul line four times per game. He's at Duke. 
Yeah. So he made his bed. I'm no, just no, saying. I, I okay, let me ask you a question. Does Tyrese Proctor have D'Angelo Russell's offensive creativity and handles? I mean, but D'Angelo dribbling in place, getting to his spots. D'Angelo snakes pick and roll. He was snaking pick and rolls at Ohio State. He snakes pick and rolls. To get to the spots. He, he posts up. He's crafty. Is Tyrese yes, crafty, crafty like that? He, I mean, that's the thing. Like, he's a crafty scorer. He, he, well, that wraps up this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. We talked about three of the top sophomores in the 2024 draft class. Let me know. Whether it's about Kugo, whether it's about Klingon or, or Tyrese Proctor, let me know your thoughts. Do you think James is right about being concerned about Proctor's lack of foul attempts? Do you think James is right? Whether it's about Donovan Klingon not being a top 10 pick, let us know. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow with my brother James, and we are 